Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero here. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening to The Tour Coach. We're rolling through another crazy summer right now, another crazy season. There's lots of golf, lots of guys playing, lots of camps, lots of retreats, lots of travel. You know what that means? means lots of great content coming to you. So thank you, whether you're a golf instructor, like so many folks that reach out and listen to this podcast, or you're an aspiring golfer, somebody just loves learning about the game, loves learning about how to get better. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the tour coach because we've got lots of great content coming for you. Okay. And if you like the tour coach, you're going to love pro work on YouTube. I want to remind all of you, if you haven't seen it, go to Bushnell golf on YouTube or go to at the do sweeper on my YouTube channel and listen to watch inside the ropes behind the scenes with myself, Colby Touye, Mark Hackett, and a host of others. And you'll see what it's like to be a, player of all different abilities and watch how our team approach goes behind the scenes inside the ropes to find out exactly what the magic that your golf swing needs to pick up 10 15 20 yards or lower your handicap or get all the way out onto the pga tour it's all there for you on pro work just like it is here on the tour coach so thanks for listening we've got some great content coming you we've got some great discussions some great roundtables and some great guests coming your way this summer and this season here on the tour coach and i couldn't do this tour coach without the following sponsors they've been loyal to me i'm loyal to them i think it's one of the missing things in instruction and in our world people that stick together and i think that's why we've all had so much success i've got to thank the folks at bushnell golf for their support and their sponsorship of this show, my teaching, as well as the Pro Work Series, Vineyard Vines and the folks there, unbelievable. They keep all the dew sweepers looking good. Myself, as good as you can, and all of the folks at our retreats, and especially Shrixon and Cleveland Golf, Chip Holcomb, Eddie Dry, and all of the folks there. I mean, we couldn't do it without it. It's over 20 years I've been with Shrixon Cleveland Golf. I'm not going anywhere without that mason prang and the folks over there in california take such good care of us they've got the best product that you can find anywhere so special thanks to shrikshaw cleveland golf and then finally my good friend mitch mcconnell and the folks at mcconnell automotive buick gmc here in mobile and buick gmc for sponsoring the radio and everything that we've been going on for all of these years so we've got great sponsors we've got great partners And we're going to give you great content that's going to help all of you play better, enjoy the game better, or understand how to teach it and communicate it better. Sit back, get yourself a beverage, and enjoy the tour coach. And then when you get a chance, go check out Pro Work on my YouTube. You'll be glad you did. All right, so joining me here on the tour coach, one of my good friends, one of the great teachers in the game of golf, Golf Digest Top 50 instructor. And if you got a ballot, you better be voting for this guy again in this next election or I'll come after you. Kevin Kirk, he's over across the pond now getting ready for the Open with Patrick Reed. We've had the opportunity to teach a decent bit together over the last few years, so uh, always excited when I get the chance to talk to him. Kev, what is up, my man? Tony, what's up, man? I am uh, just delighted to be speaking to you, man. That's so um, just... Just like you, I'm out uh, trying to rid the world of hacking, so it's uh, a pretty monumental task, as you know. Oh, yeah. So, We're not going out of business. I mean, there's not no, a lack sir, of people to not. hacking. The game is too hard. Um, so. so we'll pick your brain a little. We One of the one of the things I'm passionate about and dear to me is, is you know, we've come up with that golf coach development page, Justin Parsons and – Jackson and Wayne and myself, and we've got a lot. We've got over, I think we're like at 250 young teachers that, uh, you know, 
come on it and listen or trying to get mentored and uh you know a bunch of them had asked you'd been in on it with me before had asked to bring you on and i thought you know what while we're doing this tour coach podcast might as well get you to come back on and you know uh one of the things i've always liked about my time with you is everything is geared to me towards performance okay uh, like very seldom when you and I would sit around Doral or go have a drink, did we just talk? Speci- did you start talking specifically about golf swing? Everything was more geared towards performance, and I think that whether you're a player listening to you and I or you're a teacher listening to us, I mean, I think that's a re- I think that's something that needs to be focused on. Whereas, I think a lot of people get really caught up in the minutia of trying to make a golf swing perfect rather than really looking at how they can help a player perform better. Yeah, Tony, I agree. I mean, I've taught this game a long time, and I've gone down all those rabbit holes. I've chased technique, you know, with the, with the, with the, with the thought that improving people's technique would somehow transfer to performance. I've chased technology. I've chased, chased a lot of things. And it's interesting because almost none of those actually influenced, you know, impacted performance. And it wasn't until I took a, a deep dive and started trying to understand, you know, what is, you know, how, what's going to really move the needle. Um, uh, it's just not what I thought it was, you know, and I think that's always, you know, sometimes things aren't what they appear. So, you know, you see people that are able to perform, uh, you know, these tour players specifically, or even a high school or college player, player. I mean, you start trying to figure out what's next for them and, you know, you just gotta be really careful. And I think for me, you know, the thing that kind of really captured my attention, I was I was at the uh, Ryder Cup with Patrick Reed in 2014. Uh, sorry, yeah, 14. And uh, he had made the team as a rookie, and he and Jordan Spieth were both rookies on the on the team that year. And uh, he was putting a little pod with uh, uh, Jim Furyk and Matt Kuchar. And so the young guys are playing the old guys, and they're playing for a couple hundred dollars at you know, you know, automatic one downs, you know, in these little matches before the before the Ryder Cup. And I watched. Jim Furyk single-handedly uh, beats uh, Patrick and Jordan out of a couple grand each um, <laughs> over a couple of days out there. And uh, Matt Kuchar had to come out of both barrels. He was struggling. The course is super hard. And so Matt Kuchar single-handedly beat those guys senseless, you know, just, and I, it was, it was, it was interesting because I mean, you know, watching him kind of move the golf ball around the golf course for two days uh, it, it suddenly occurred to me that, that that there was something more than technique involved. I mean, because you watch Jim swing a golf club, and you know, from a from a from a um, traditional kind of golf swing uh, perspective, you would never encourage anybody to do that. Anything that he does, I mean, he, he looks odd over the putter. He looks odd chipping it. His pitching motion looks awkward. You know, <laughs> he, his, his swing motion looks awkward. Yet the, you look at the guy's record; he's broken sixty twice. He's been on every Presidents Cup and Ryder Cup team. He's done everything that you could do in golf, and uh, but nothing of nothing that he does looks like golf. Mm-hmm. And so I started paying attention to what was happening and was and what he was is he was actually when he was asked he was competent. And I think there's a big difference in in a dis- distinction in the in the you know. I think what we really should be focusing on with, with when we start talking about moving and moving the needle in performance is competence. That's what we're actually looking at. Mm. So is the player competent? So when he's asked to hit the ball in the fairway, does he do it? Yes or no? Uh, when he's asked on his approach shot to hit the ball on the green, you know, within a kind of a certain uh, proximity, does he do it? Yes or no? And if he misses the green, 
around the green, fairway rough or bunker? Does he, you know, does he chip the ball in or, or put it close to the hole? Yes or no. And when he puts the ball, does he go in? Yes or no. And so when I started looking at it from, you know, those those are the four games that we played off the tee approach, around the green and on the green. So once I started looking at, at trying to understand, you know, performance, you know, it led me to kind of looking at benchmarking, you know, what is what is best in class in those categories, and watching Jim Furyk, he was best. He he was able to do that. So he <laughs> when he, you know, off the tee, you know, best in class for for world class players is the ball in place seventy percent of the time. Right in the fairway, and then approach on the green, seventy um, percent of the time there. Around the greens, up and down seventy percent of the time, and twenty nine putts. And you know something, the guy did it. And you know, so you got these two young players with a bunch of flashy games and all these flashy shots and all this good technique. And he just field dressed him. He left him out there look like a couple of deer that he you know field dressed out there. Just horrendous. I mean, he just beat their socks off. So. Um, you know, I came back and I started kind of looking at it from almost a money ball perspective, trying to figure out, okay, the, if they're, if I'm going to try to kind of actually, prefer, you know, move the needle in performance, I need to understand what good is. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing that I had to do. So a world-class level, as we talked about, it's 70% of, you know, 70% confidence. Um, but there, the, there's, there's also some, some other things that you kind of look at too. Uh, there's the amount of variance that you can tolerate. So for a world-class player, it's 5% of the distance. Um, so at 100 yards, yards right and left, 200 yards, 10 yards right and left, 300 yards, 15 yards right and left. So that's the cone that they play golf into. So 70% of their shots go into that cone, off the tee and around the green, on the green. I mean, on, on approach. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that these really world-class players do is they don't have a, you know, they, they're, they've got a, a, a low magnitude miss. When they miss one bad, it doesn't go out of play, you know. Yep. Because that, that's the other thing that drives people's score up is that is what a high magnitude miss where they stand up and all of a sudden they've hit it 50 yards offline, and they you know they got a retee or they lost a the ball or whatever. So, so those were the things that I that I concluded after kind of taking a deep dive on on was you know understanding okay what is good and how do I benchmark that, and the second thing is you know once once we kind of determine the the, the benchmarks and, and and what good is. Figuring out where the player is, and then trying to kind of figure out how to train that. Um, the training actually was way different than I than I thought. I, I was always under to the impression that if you could clean somebody's technique up enough, or kind of make them keep the track man happy, then that somehow the golf ball would kind of go into those areas. Right. But it doesn't. Um, it seemed like the harder I focused on trying to get people to swing well and trying to try to make it go into that zone. Uh, the more internal their focus gotten, and the worse they were at it. Yeah, I love so, that. So, so what do we ended up having to do is to try to actually move the needle. Is you know we've always got always got technical projects with players, so we've got a pattern. You know, there are patterns, and we have little. We spend a little bit of time each practice session, uh, just calibrating their, you know, getting them calibrated to their pattern. And so maybe the first ten or fifteen minutes of whether it's putting or chipping or full swing, whatever. Uh, just spend a little time just reminding. Okay, this is this is the stuff that you got to pay attention to. And every every player's got their own blueprint. You know, and it's not like everybody's got to do the same thing. Um, but once that's done, the rest of the of the practice is is not so much repetitive block practice as much as it is. Um, it has to become task task oriented. Okay, so in other words, if I gave you a task and a task sheet and said, okay. I want you to accomplish these tasks on the green. I want you to make this many short putts, this many long putts, and your job is simply to to 
to accomplish those tasks. And so once you give somebody a bunch of tasks, usually the focus goes from internal to external and performance starts climbing pretty quickly. And and if you're not, if the players aren't training themselves with that external focus, it's almost impossible for them to do it when it counts. And that's where most coaches go off the rails. I mean, I've seen a lot of great coaches, you know, I've been around a lot of people, but it's the second that it gets, the, the players start getting too internal with their, with their thoughts and their feelings, or they get too attached to their track men or, you know, whatever, whatever technology that they're trying to, that they're, uh, they're trying to kind of keep happy. Focus goes too internal, and next thing you know, they've lost, they've lost the plot of being able to look at a target, and make the golf ball go there, or you know, put it in the hole from a certain distance, or chip it in. So, so most of the, the training that we do with our players is, if we were trying to build a ratio, it's probably the first. Oh, I would say, let's say twenty-five percent te- tactical, or just kind of pattern work, and then there's going to be another. The rest of it's going to be uh, task-oriented, ball control, and and things that that we feel like build competence. So, I mean, that's a, I know that's a, that's kind of a long story about how I got there, but that's, that's kind of what we do. Oh, that's, that's great. And I, I think that, you know, if I look at my perspective and, uh, you know, I think that one of the biggest things that I not changed in my teaching, I, you know, I think you kind of always known it, but like, is you get all these good young players coming up. I'm fortunate. I've got some young folks, whether they're college or juniors, coming to college and then college players embarking on their professional career. Like this thought that if I get everybody's face to look this way or pivot to look this way, I mean, they're going to become a great player. And we go down that hole and and then you look and you're like, well, I mean, the golf swing on on the swing catalyst looks great. Right. But the guy's not any better. right? Right. And we've all walked the tee at a tour event I mean, I've been there with you, and we've walked up and down, and you watch a guy, and you see, like, I mean, this guy never misses a shot. How has this guy missed six cuts in a row? Right. Right? Yeah, and I think I think we start kind of looking at it, Tony. I think you and I have talked a lot about this, and I think you and I are, you know, we're probably in agreement. You and I agree on a lot of things, but this is this is something I know we agree on because we've talked about it. But I, I do think when you start kind of looking at, at, at coaching, particularly at the highest levels, you know, we're, we're talking about – uh, advanced players. We're talking about people that are, you know, competitive golfers or people that are trying really trying to push the push the curve. Mm-hmm. You know, it it occurs to me that kind of, you know, the the you know the only question that you should be asking is, you know, is you cut relative to their benchmarks, what's good, right? What are they mm-hmm. what are they doing well? What needs work? And then what's the plan, right? And the plan has if the plan doesn't move the needle, then you need not to do it. Right. Right. If it, if it doesn't move the needle, you shouldn't do it, okay? Now, because there's all sorts of interesting things you can pursue. But if, but what's moving the needle? What's can, what's lowering their score? What's helping them chip the golf ball two feet closer? What's helping them with the proximity? What's helping them with the reduction of this of this high-variance miss is taking this, this making the miss cuts, right? So those are the questions that you need to dig into. And, you know, the easy thing to do is have them walk in, uh, you know, a little interview, Watch them kind of, you know, swing, and then you can, you can, every, you can find somebody something wrong with everybody's swing, and immediately say, okay, well, you fix this, and it's going to take care of that. But it, you, very, I mean, very, every now and then you'll get lucky, and that'll happen. But most of the time, it doesn't. Doesn't, yeah. How do you find what? What's the process you go through with a player so I, there, yeah, to, fi- two, two to find out what that, moves the needle? 
there's there's two things that I found. I I know what the benchmarks are. I've got I use I use statistics, so I know if a person walks in, they want to shoot even par. I know what the benchmarks are, and if I know if a guy is trying to kind of push it to the tour level, I know what that benchmarks in. If a guy if a guy's breaking eighty, I know what those benchmarks are. Right. So having the benchmarks, so when they when they walk walk in, um, there's a couple things that I can do. First off, I can ask them to kind of bring some stats with them. Say, hey, listen, before you come in, I want five nine you know five rounds of stats. So when you come in, I can very quickly look and say, okay, you know, you know, doing well, this needs work, and this is a plan. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. <clears throat> if you don't have time to do it, just go watch them play, right? I, I think that's the most underutilized, probably, coaching thing that we, that, you know, we do. And sometimes it's hard because you're in a driving range or, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're a club that's super busy and you can't go on the golf course. But that said, if you want to understand how people – what you're going to have to do to, to to help them move the needle, you've got to watch them move the golf ball around the golf mm-hmm. course, right? Yeah. And so, and, and and there's, you know, you and I, you know, spent a lot of time, traveling, you know, years and years and years out there watching the best players in the world. And it's interesting because you got a gr- there's a group of coaches, you and, and I would include you in this group, that love that go out and watch the players play. Yeah. Right. I just don't think you can help them unless you watch them play. I'd agree with that. Because there's things that come up in play that just don't show up in practice. It just it's, it's never going to show up in practice. And and the only thing I'm really concerned about if, is with those with players at that level is lowering their score, right? Helping them get, you know, solve whatever riddle it is that they're that's, that's required for them to get from where they are to where they want to go. And so if I'm developing a young player, I've got somebody a 14 or 15 year old. That's a different story because I. I, 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 there are things that I believe technically that that I like. That I, right, that I, right. I, that I that I've anecdotally think you know I've have seen seen enough of this coaching along along the way that when players do this, it seems like it you know it works better. And every coach has got that you know, and you know the the great thing you know when you and I get together is our our perception of that is really at, very very close. I mean we see things out of the same filter, right? But there are coaches that don't see it that way, and and and. It, you know, however the coach sees it's fine. Right. But 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 what you got to be careful of is taking. You have to be very very careful when you start dealing with advanced players. You know, I, I I would say that probably the best thing that you could do, you know, another thing to to consider is is trying to kind of figure out how they you know how they go about doing things. So if I so if Jim Furyk would walk in my office before I would before I had that little um, you know that that moment of clarity around my in my coaching. I swear to God, I would. I, I know that I would, I would ruined him. I, I promise you, I would have. Okay. Yeah. Because I, he'd walked in, and I, I, I wouldn't even listen to what he had to say. I'm like, dude, you can't do that. I mean, that's just never going to work. You know. Mm-hmm. Yet, it he's works. One of the best players. He's one of the best players. I have. So my job is to, with high with these, these high performance players, also is is to, and actually players of all level is to is to, not rush to judgment about what you're seeing. Maybe take them out and watch them play a few holes, and let them show you what they can do. Right? Yeah, they may be able to take that that kind of that awkward looking swing and hit it right in the middle of the fairway every time, right? Knock it, you know, you know. So, so, you know, I think the, there's a lot to be gleaned by going out and watching people play, and taking them out on the golf course, and trying to let them get show you what they can do, right? And you know, there's a there's a, one of my one of the guys that's inspired my thinking also is a guy named Graham Walker. He's most of Tommy Fleetwood, a bunch of guys in Europe. 
And that's why that's why I learned this task training because he he had a, he had a camp. His, his, you know, he coached the junior English junior team, and I went out and watched him coach one day, and he handed all these kids a task sheet. So here's the tasks for today. This is what these are the tasks for putting. This is the task for short game. Here's your your iron shots, and here's your tee shots. It's just a list of shots that he wanted him to hit, and he just sent them out there and let him go, right? And he would walk into these different areas and he would run across and just how you doing? Are you, are you able are you able to do this these tasks? And if the answer was yes, then he would leave them alone. But if you ran across somebody who was struggling with something, I'm struggling with this task that you give me. Okay, well let, let me watch you do it. All right, yeah, let's let's try have another try. And then if you you have another try and you can't sort it out and you don't understand you don't understand what you're doing at that point in time, I'll interject. But there's there's also something I think to be said for the idea of giving a kid an opportunity to just try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Right? We as coaches think we have to rush in and give them all the answers. I think the best learning is just a lot more organic than, than I, I initially thought it was. Right. So if you, so it, you know, if you get a, give a kid a wedge and, and put him right around the green and he's, you know, say, okay, I, I want you to do these things on these approach shots and accomplish these tasks. And simply the focusing on the task and going more, more external in most cases will sort it out. Right. Uh, as I listen to you, I think, you know, I, I always think back, you know, I think back like through a catalog of experiences I've had with players. And, and I think that one thing I tell young players now that are coming up and whether they're high school or, and then I tell other coaches too, is, you know, I can remember when, you know, I had a really, my first really good player and, uh, you know he he didn't play didn't play well hit a stretch he wouldn't play well and the automatic response was that there's got to be something wrong you know and you start searching and start trying to change things and i think that that's it i think that you know if you don't go watch a player play and you or if you don't you know and you don't keep up with a lot of the things that you keep up with like i think that's a dangerous road for teachers and coaches sometimes there's nothing wrong you know what i mean or, or i mean You're not right. that there's nothing wrong but it's not the golf swing Right, and I it's think not, that, it's not it's not it's not what you think it is. Right, right, right. Not, right. And because you see all these players, and they go down these rabbit holes, Kevin, like and teachers, and then they, you know, and and and, and a lot of them come back from it. But like we've all known people, I know that go down those rabbit holes that are really good that don't ever come back out of them. Sometimes it, right. you go too far. So yeah, golf's a funny thing because in, in most most things in life, if you just work hard, mm-hmm. you can go, you can get to a really really high level. Right. right. In golf, you can on pretty just natural ability you can get to about eighty, but from get from eighty to seventy, it's a different story. And the problem is, if you work hard on the wrong things in golf, you get worse. You don't yes. get better, right? So that's where a competent coach can help you. Somebody who can who's able to to help you understand what it is you're seeing and understand what the you know what the what are the true what what am I really dealing with here? And then and then how am I going to approach? How am I going to move the needle? How, how am I going to going to make this you know actually make an impact on on my scorecard my ability to perform you know it's just a uh it just you know it just has to be better thought out i mean it has to be a lot of listening a lot of observation and instead you know not rushing to judgment about things letting people show giving people an opportunity to show you if they can do it or not do it right because like i said jim furick showed me he could do it right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i got it i got it i understand why you're good now right Mm-hmm. Don't miss a shot, you know. You, you so, so, but looking at it from the outside, looking in, 
I would have never concluded that. I would have said he's got the guy, guy. He can't be hitting that song. He's got to be clanking it around. You know, he's just smoking mirrors. But the guy hits him in the middle of the face every time. He's got complete control of his launch and spin. He knows exactly what he's doing around the green. He's ridiculously good. Uh, you know, and you know when he puts it, it looks like he's falling out of a tree. And every time the ball rolls up, if he doesn't go in, it goes right over the edge. I mean, the guy's just you know. And, uh, you know, credit to his dad that didn't enter, you know, said, well, if you can do that, then I'm just going to stand here and let you do it. You're doing it well enough, you know. That's good enough. That's above the benchmark. Yeah. I, I always think that one of the hardest things, I know how good you are at this, um, is, you, you know, when a player comes to you, I think there's this instinct, regardless of what level, is like you feel like you got to tell them something, right, and that they've been doing something wrong. And, you know, I think there's teachers out there that – you know, they'll try to put their mark on a student, right? Like you've come up with something new where I think one of the hardest things as a coach or teacher is to be honest with them. And sometimes like to not tell them anything and to say like, yeah, I mean, your golf swing's fine. This is what the problem is, or this is what the problem is because sometimes they come in with preconceived notions from people around them or themselves. And I think that's one of the harder things. I know how good you are at that. Like you, you're, you're honest, you're open with them. I mean, sometimes that means you get fired, right. For being honest, Sure. Uh, I mean, you know, but, but understanding that you're not, sometimes it's okay to not tell somebody to change something. Well, I, I think, you know, going back to kind of the, the, you know, the, my, my screening process has changed a lot. I mean, my, my screening process now is if you can bring me some, some performance data about, about your last five rounds, that tells me a story. Mm-hmm. And then the other the other important story is having you sit down and tell them your let them tell you your golf story. I mean, how did you how did you get started? Tell me how I, because my job when when a new person comes in, it doesn't matter if it's somebody who's just getting started or a tour player smart in my office. I don't I'm I'm not trying to I'm not trying to make anything right or wrong at this point. All I'm trying to do is is get caught up with you. All right, mm-hmm. I've got to jump on I've got to jump on the boat with you. I've got to figure out where you are and how you got here. Right, mm-hmm. because because that has a direction. You know that that their 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 story. They've they've started down this road, and it's you know in most golf stories aren't straight lines. They're all sorts of zigging zagging all over the place. But let them tell you this story. And the only thing I'm gonna try to do on the front end on on day one, the first several hours that I spend with them, is try to get caught up with them and try to understand the way they go about doing things. And in most cases, with with particularly with advanced players. My job is to simply to help them learn how to do that better. I don't, in most cases, I don't think it needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. And to your point, I've you know, I've and I've done it. All right, I'm, yeah, I'm, same know, here. Guilty, guilty as charged. I, if it didn't look like I wanted to look, I would automatically assume that okay, the reason that they're not getting it done is because it doesn't look like I want it to look, mm-hmm. right? or the, or it doesn't keep the, or the track man, you know, the, the track man's not happy with it, or the you know, the biomech information is not correct and so once again that's based on some sort of modeling and then you so my so I've, I've just had a lot more success being able to, to to slow down my process you know my rush to judgment make sure that I'm not trying to make anything right or wrong on the on, for the first you know several hours we've been together I want to try to I want I need some information from you about how you perform I love I love you for telling me your golf story let me go watch you do something present some you know you know, watch hit some shots and with their driver and some approach shots and, you know, around the green and on the green. I uh, usually shoot some film of that so I can start trying to make heads or tails about how they do it. And, and then at the end of that, I'll, you know, sit down and say, okay, these, this is what I think we're doing well. This is what needs work. You know, and this is, this is what I propose we do. 
And then I send them home to think about it. I never try to hard sell them on anything. I just, you know, they get if if they if they want to kind of come out and train, it has to be on their terms. They have to feel like, okay, I'm at the right place. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, no, so there's no packages of lessons. I've never sold a package of lessons to anybody. Uh, I simply say, okay, if you want to come out, this is you know this is the this is the work we have to do. Uh, let me know what you you know. Let's periodize it. Do you, I mean, when's your do you, do we have time to mess with this stuff right now, or do you need to, you know, focus on, on uh, have to wait? You know, there's there's there, the the periodization of all that's also you know like super important. So and and you can, there's certain things you can do in season that you can't do, you know, that, right. you know that you know there's certain projects that have to wait for the off season because it's going to be too disruptive, right? And I've done that too, where I've said, okay, let's go and take this project on. You know, it's you know it, it disrupts their focus, and you know they derail. You know. So, so having the <laughs> having the you know, the ability to kind of look at that, listen to what it is that they're trying to do, listen to the to their you know their 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 timetable, and then try to you know there's the, there's usually going to be some low hanging fruit you can pick off that will help improve performance right off the bat, right? And then if you've got a big project that requires any type of major change, whether it's technique, equipment, anything like that. If you can do, if you can, try to kind of hold that off into a time where you've got time to, to, to adapt to the to the change you're asking them to make. <coughs> I think, me. Yeah, and as we last question, kind of wrap this up. One of the things that I I think that you you've touched on TrackMan, and you and I <coughs> sat and we've talked before about gears and different things, and I think one of the hazards that people have to watch is falling into this what the tour average is right because your your example of jim furick i mean well i mean the definition of average is just what the middle between both extremes so there's people on both extremes but like jim furick wouldn't have been probably if you put him on gears and a lot of things wouldn't have been tour average on any of those things but it worked and i think that uh with all this technology and with all the stuff out there there's this i think people have to be cognizant and aware of the fact that there's a lot of different ways to do it and the way you coach them and help them perform helps them get there. And that some, and people just have to be careful about that. Your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I, I heard Mark Bull say one time, and I think Mark's one of the just brightest guys ever. Mm-hmm. He, he just, he just said, Kevin, it's just N equals one. And I said, what are you talking about? He says, it's always a population of one. So the person in front of you is, is unique. They they go they've got a different way they go about doing it than anybody else on the planet. So comparing them to any other model is really dangerous, right? Because you're not you're not trying to you're not trying to compare them to another model and then move them towards that model. You're trying to help them be a better version of themselves, right? And so right. you got to be very very careful about that. You know, like I said, I uh, you know I, I I think statistics are kind of you know are interesting. You know, I I, I can use I do use those just to try to figure out what level of performance needs to be but but you know trying to compare anybody's anybody to anybody else in golf is like one of the most dangerous things ever yeah agree and i and, think that's uh, where people you, go down a rabbit hole correct you know and, and then so you know it's easy it's easy to put these two values up on, on a screen and say well, look at the, the you know these are different okay the, but the question is is that you know what's the you know what's what's the price you're going to pay to try to move from A to B? And sometimes the price is not, you know, you end up paying a price that you don't, you know, the, the price is too steep. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, real quick before we let you go, well, your thoughts on the open championship this week, what's it going to take to be successful out there? 
wow, I, I've, I just walked around the golf course for the first time. I've not seen Royal Liverpool until I got here this week, and uh, it would, had been pretty dry over here. They, they've had some rain, mm-hmm. so the golf course is softening up, but the wind, the wind's definitely kind of pumping. The course is going to be a handful. It's just a, it is just a big. I mean, it's just you know every shot's challenging. You've got, you've got, you know. The, the sight lines off the tee are, are you know, are, are a little bit confusing because of just got a lot of, you know, movement of terrain. Uh, the wind is blowing mostly across the holes, which is mm-hmm. always creates a little bit of chaos. Yep. Uh, the green complexes are such that they they actually, you know, you can hit a good shot. They can kind of, but they're all set up to kind of feed towards, uh, you know, towards these little bunkers and all these little. It's just you know, so it's going to be. I don't know. I'll, you know, you asked me probably maybe on, um, you know, Thursday morning I'll have a better feel for. It. I'm I'm still trying to get my head around what I'm seeing at this point in time, and it'll, kind of, you know, each day I'll get, I move around here I'll have a better better sense of it. But uh, it's it, this is gonna this golf course is uh, it's gonna be fun to watch the guy the best players in the world play this thing. I can tell you that. Kev, awesome stuff. Great insight for all the teachers out there and the people that want to play better. As always, I appreciate your support, friendship, and taking the time to sit in with me. Good luck to you and Patrick this week and the rest of the year, bud. Thanks, pal. And before we uh, before we stop, Tony, I, I do want to stop and, and just thank you for all the work that you do in this space. I know you're, you know, you you love to teach, you know, but I really love this thing that you that you do about you know trying to help these young coaches and. Uh, you know, I admire you and I admire your work, and I, I really appreciate you letting me kind of hop on your hop on your show. Anytime, brother. You guys have a great week. We're pulling for you, and we'll look forward to catching up soon, bud. Thanks, Tom. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Tour Coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing, learning, and teaching the game of golf. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Tour Coach. In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at the Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.